Hi everyone, it is Marilyn Deloria and welcome to Who Can It Be Now? This is going to be probably a very emotional episode because I am in the middle of some things right now that I want to share with all of you. I just sometimes storytelling helps me to really get into the um, the understanding of why certain things are happening in my life at this time. And the other reason why I want to do this podcast is also show you that no matter what goes on in your life, when things happen, it doesn't mean that your life stops. It means that you really accelerate and move forward. One of the things um, that I've been noticing from people as I'm doing these uh, intuitive life strategy sessions is how much talent there is out there and how much people sit on their talent because there's always something going on in their life and they're waiting until that thing is cleared up or until they feel better or they're healed or um, they have more time or whatever the excuses that people have going on. And yes, I'm going to call it an excuse. And I feel like today of all days, I can call it that. And they wait for these things. And what they're doing is putting off their mission, their, their, why they're here, the, the main thing that they're meant to do in this life, this incredible thing that they've been gifted with that they're meant to give out into the world and give to others. And they're sitting on it and waiting till things get better. And it just does not work that way. It doesn't because life is constantly evolving. Life is constantly happening. And we are on a roller coaster ride right now. And people are always like, I, I do, you know, those prediction calls every year. And it's always fascinating to me how people are like, is this year going to be better? Please tell me it's going to be better, please. And I'm like, you got to stop that. You know, we're accelerating. We're expanding. Our consciousness is expanding and not everybody is catching up to the consciousness as it's expanding. Our dimensions are merging. People call it time collapsing. It's not time collapsing. That may be what they call it. Not for me. It's merging. We are able to literally step our foot into a parallel life at any moment. It's all up to us and it's all by our consciousness. And that's how we're doing it. So I really want to share what's going on with me right now in this very, very raw moment so that you could see that it, you're not alone you're not alone. And how I, I hope that by sharing my story, it'll give you courage to not let anybody else put your fire out, that you still move forward and do what is it, you're here to do. Um, so this story may, as many stories of mine, they're very interwoven, right? I teach a lot about um, synchronicity, especially in Soul Finder Academy and the SAS experience. And synchronicity is all of the weaving of your life. It's all the patterns, the things that happen, the, the bad things and the good things, and however you want to equate it, it's all of it is synchronicity and always bringing you to a higher elevation, evolution. That was elevation and evolution together. It's a new word. It's called ev elevation. However I said it, that's the new word, evolution. Um, evolution, elevation is evolution. Okay, there you go. Anyway, it's... um. It's taking you to that. And if you're not heeding the warnings or um, sitting there learning the lessons and continuing to take action in your life, you're going to continue to be stuck. And one of the conversations I'm going to stop having, and this is probably going to be the last podcast I have it with, is talking to the people that I am trying. I feel like I'm begging them to get moving. It feels like a lot of times, um, because I was in such a space of teaching people how to communicate with their guides and teaching people how to open up their psychic abilities, that a lot of people that came into my world, amazing people, wonderful people, super gifted people, 
but people who were really in a habit of waiting for someone else to tell them what to do or how to act or what to be. And I think it's great to have a coach and a teacher. You know, that's why I'm doing these intuitive life strategy sessions. And if you want to know about them, you can go to marilynaloria.com forward slash call. And I think it's great to have someone do that. But when I work with people, I am putting them in action. I am giving them um, tasks to do and ideas and resources and places to go and gifts to highlight and gifts to follow and, and open up to so that you are empowered in your own life. And people got to a place that they were just waiting for someone else to tell them. I, you know, I can't tell you how many times people would come to me for a reading and I'd say, something, they'd be like, oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness you said that. That's what I feel is my truth. And I'm like, well, why didn't you just own it? And sometimes you need the validation and I get it. Sometimes you're in a sticky situation and it's really helpful to go to someone and hear that validation. Just make sure you're going to someone that's empowering you and not disempowering you. If you're going to a teacher that's acting as if they're so much better than you and so much further along, that's not a teacher. That's not a teacher at all. That's somebody who is on an ego trip who wants you to think that they're much better than you. And that is not true. They may be further along in certain things and that's why they're teaching you certain things, but no teacher is meant to make you feel like you're less than. Now, that's not to say that if I'm teaching student and I'm calling them out on something, they may have an experience where they're feeling a little bit bad about it, but that's not my intention ever to make a student feel bad about something. So the conversation I'm going to start ha stop having is dragging horses to water. I just have to stop it. I, I find myself caring so much about all these super gifted, talented people that are just sitting and not acting, or they take an action and something bad happens and they retreat and hide. And I'm not going to talk to those people anymore. I have to stop. I have to start talking to more of the people that are showing up in my programs and in my work who are the people who are like, yeah, I get it. Life gets really hard, but I'm here to do something incredibly great and I'm going to do it. And I hope if you're somebody who's struggling right now and feeling like you've been retreating, that the stories I share today and what I say to you puts you into an action plan and you are excited to hear what I have to say in future podcast episodes or whether you're following me on my newsletter or on my list or in the classes I take, or if you're interested in studying with me, because the work that I'm doing is definitely next level, which is why I have a program, Next Level Living. Um, I hope that that calls to your heart and that you want to continue to do this work with me. But again, I'm not going to drag horses to water any longer. So I am going to do my best to tell this story in the most cohesive manner that I can, because so much has gone on in such a brief amount of time that I think you can probably hear in my voice even how emotionally um, tired I am. So I'm going to start this story um, a couple of weeks ago. I, my beloved, beloved, beloved dog, Micah, is struggling with his um, legs, his elbows and his back legs. And we've been going to hydrotherapy and laser therapy every single week. And he's been getting certain types of shots in his elbows. But I live in a hillside house and everything is stairs, no matter what. The whole place is stairs. There's no flat land unless we take stairs. And I had recognized that it was going to be extremely tricky and I had to do something and I'm not ready to move right at this moment because I don't want to run away from something. Um, when I left LA, I was so desperate to get out of there that I had to get out right away. And I made it such quick decisions and quick choices. And, you know, as much as 
all choices are the right choices. I want to make better choices this time with my next move. So I had been looking for somebody to build a lift for him on the stairwell. And um, it's funny to me how people are like, you're building a lift and you're planning on moving. I'm like, yeah, it's my dog. I love him. I will do what I can to make this dog happy. He's made me happy for years. So I've been gathering um, handyman names and it's a tricky type of thing that has to be built. It's not like there's a plan out. There's a lot of YouTube videos out there. And during this time while I was gathering names for handyman, I had gotten a notice from uh, my insurance brokers that my insurance company was dropping me again, my third home insurance company. And the reason that the insurance broker was told me was because of my roof. And she started harassing me pretty much to get a new roof. And I was like, I don't need a new roof. I know what it's like to not have a good roof. I don't need a new roof. And we've had, my roof is in excellent condition. We've had storms like crazy here. I'm doing well. I'm not going to get a new roof. And I want to show you how you have to stand in your power sometimes, because here's somebody who's telling me they're only going to insure you. What's how old is your roof? Like she was frigging pushing my buttons, man. So not only was I walking around to every person I know asking them, do you have a handyman? I was asking them who their insurance was because it was starting to get tricky here in Northern California. And with that happening, other things were happening too. I was, um, I had a mark on my body and it was questionable as to what it was. Um, there was just a lot going on, right? And I, I'm not recalling everything because I move through things pretty quickly. Once they're done, they're done. I accelerate, I grow, I heal, I move through it. But I'm kind of painting a picture to you that it wasn't easy. Things weren't easy. They were like, whoo, 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 one thing after another in my face. So I, um, gathered insurance brokers names. I'll start there. I gathered handyman's names and I started recognizing one insurance company in particular that people were telling me they were being covered by. And it was an insurance company I had a difficulty with. And I feel like I shared this story maybe in the past podcast, but let me share it in this wholeness right now. And I was, didn't want to go to that insurance, that insurance company. And I was, and I also didn't understand the idea of insurance brokers. I thought insurance brokers represented all insurance companies. And then something told me inside my heart and soul, no, that's not the case. This particular insurance company is only represented by uh, brokers that represent this insurance. And I was like, oh, I'm going to call this insurance broker. So I did call and they said, you better get in now because we think that this is going to change soon. And I said, please put in my paperwork right away. I I, want to go with this insurance. In the meanwhile, my old insurance brokers were like, we can't get you any insurance. It's going to have to be the California save plan. You're going to have to have an umbrella policy and they're sending me the bids and it's frigging a lot of money. So that's all happening. And the new insurance company, I'm not ready to name right now. um, They were just saying, well, it's in underwriting and we have to send somebody out to take pictures. And I was like, well, there was a question about the roof and she said, do you have any paperwork about the roof? So I'm starting to search through all my paperwork. And I found the first insurance company through the original insurance brokers. I found the paperwork and it said excellent condition, roofs in excellent condition. And it gave me the years of it and everything like that. And she said, well, why is an insurance company dropping you? And I was told the insurance company was dropping me because I didn't, I needed a roof. And so I asked the old insurance brokers and they, they sent me the letter. It had nothing to do with the roof. It had to do with wildfires lie. So, um, the new insurance broker was like, okay, don't worry about it. Let's see what they say. She's like, but cut down trees and do this and do that. And I was like, 
that's a little let, let's let's take a breath right now okay normally in my old days i would be like oh my goodness i gotta do it i gotta do it i gotta do it i would react and i was like Let, let's see what it says let's see what the underwriters say and if i have to do that stuff i'll do it luckily i just had all the bush brush brush cleared out as that's going on i'm calling handyman to get a lift built because i got to get a lift built soon my shoulders going out my elbows going out because i'm trying to carry my hundred pound dog up the stairs and at one point I met a handyman on my block and I felt right away, mm, not really sure. Eccentric, maybe that's a word we could use for it. But he felt like the person I needed to go to. So I called about five handymen. Nobody called me back, but he called me back right away. And he said, I'll come over in an hour. And I was like, great, I'm going to get this lift built. I want you to hear this. I was in desperation. I was so desperate, so needy that I just needed this built. You cannot make intuitive decisions from that place. So he came over and he was like, I can do this. I can do that. I can do this. Cause I'm getting ready to sell my house too. So I was showing him things and I was like, Oh, great, great, great. He's going to build the lift. And I felt pretty good about it. I even called a Monique who's a coach in soul Thunder Academy. And I said, I, you know, my intuition told me to go to him, but there was a little voice inside of me that was like, don't do it. Don't do it. And I even was talking to my therapist and I said, well, I have this handyman, he's going to build a lift. And I said, but there's this other voice that's telling me, sit back, Marilyn, and watch him. And then there's another voice going, mm, this isn't going to work out. Don't do it. So she was trying to figure out which voice was which, and I couldn't figure it out. Like one was the pessimist, which I thought was my brother. The other one was the middle voice. Like, you know, the way I date now, I just kind of like, let me observe and watch the guy first before I go in head first infatuation. And the other voice was like, woohoo, we're going to get a lift built. Moving the story along, uh, Memorial Day weekend, this guy had been to my house a few times. Every time he left, I was like, oof, this is not good. There is something emotionally not right here. And he won't listen to me. He's all over the place, uh, talks a lot. I'm like, mm, but I got to get this lift built. Got to get the lift built. Then I get a message from the realtor who was going to list my house um, that she didn't want to list it. She didn't want to be in the running because I want to interview like three people. And then she also sent me a notice that the insurance company I was going towards, the insurance company that my application was in, made a press release announcement that they're no longer writing policies in California. And I didn't get anxious. I was like, mm, my application's in. I think I got on in, in under the gun. Oh, and I forgot to tell you this. The guy who, the insurance person who came over to take the pictures of the property, I was home when he came. I didn't know he was coming. And I was like, oh, I wish I knew. I would have blew the leaves away. And we had like a 30-minute conversation. And he was a really nice guy. And he's like, you don't really have anything to worry about. Don't worry about it. So I kind of felt like I was going to get accepted by this new insurance company. But here it was, Memorial Day weekend. My shoulder goes out. My elbow goes out because of the dog. I get this notice that um, they're no longer writing policies, but we don't know if this affects me yet. And I need the lift built and the handyman is acting even more erratic. So I, um, I say to myself, I talk to my guides and I'm like, okay, what's this have to do with the house? Like if insurance companies aren't writing insurances here in Northern Cal, that's going to affect sales of the house. So I'm doing my due diligence with this move. Like I'm not rushing it. I'm talking to realtors. I'm finding out what I need to do to get my house on the market. I'm talking to realtors in Washington. Where do I want to go? I'm being very strategic about it and really just following my heart and soul. So um, 
Saturday, my, my shoulder goes out and I try to find a masseuse and, um, I go to one of those places that you go to when you go to your regular masseuse. And the woman was very nice, but I swear she was riding me like I was a friggin' horse. She was on my back riding me like she was on a saddle. At one point she was digging into my hips. It felt really good, but she was pinching my butt at the same time. And I'm, I'm stark naked on these tables when I go to massages because I'm like, damn, just get in there. I need you to get in there. Um, but she was super sweet and it really was not bad at all, but it was just hysterical how many times she was like, I'm like, man, I'm like a frigging pony on this thing. And she's just riding me like nobody's business. So that was Saturday. Um, I was supposed to do a USTA match on Sunday and I called them and I said, I can't do it because my shoulder's out and we really, they wanted to win and that would be too much pressure. And then I get, um, there was a psychic friend that I have. She's a very well-known psychic, really good friend of mine. And she said, I have an incredibly magical story I want to tell you. So my Sunday became free because I wasn't going to play tennis and I said, well, today's a great day. I can talk to you today if that works for you. And she's like, definitely, let's talk today. So we talk briefly about what's going on in my life. And, um, and then she shares this incredible, incredible story with me. So incredible that I really didn't have words to respond to her after some of, I saw pieces of me throughout her story, like she was sharing things. And um, I had to go into meditation right after the story to um, the story was shared to me in a way that was healing me to some degrees. Right. So I had, I went into meditation right away and then I wanted to go on a hike and I went out to go on a hike, but somebody was walking towards me and I didn't want to be near people because it was such a, a vulnerable, transparent, light filled story. So that was Sunday. So I'm feeling really, really good. Monday, I go with two friends to have lunch. We were supposed to play tennis, but I'm taking off because of my shoulder. And I don't really go to lunch people here because I don't really have a lot of friends here. I have a lot of tennis people, but I like these two women a lot. And I arrange a lunch with them and I go to lunch with them. And in the meantime, the handyman is at my house building the lift. And um, at this point, I just want him done because I want him out of my energy. And I'm not mean to him or anything like that. I'm kind of just holding my ground, holding my own when he's around me so that I, because I'm very sensitive to energy. He's all over the place telling me I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Da, 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 da. Now it's like, I'm barely, I'm not sleeping because of this. And I'm waking up early because of this. And in my mind and my body, I'm like, dude, that's not my problem. If you're not sleeping because you're building a lift for me, that's your problem, not mine. But he's like a victim and throwing stuff on me. And now it's like, I'm barely making $20 an hour. And we agreed on a price through the whole time. And I've been nailing him down with price. And he's like, this is insane. And then at one point I was like, um, early on in the conversation, I was like, you need to see my dog. He's a really big dog. I don't need to see your dog. He wouldn't listen to me at all. And I'm like, you need to see my dog. He's like, I don't need to see your dog. And I'm like, will you please just see my dog? He's long. He's big. You can't make a small little cart for him. So he comes down and sees the dog and he's like, oh yeah, he's a big dog. And he starts measuring him. And then he was telling me something and I was trying to explain something. And he's like, stop it. Let me finish. And he was never angry. So it wasn't like I felt like, oh, I got to end this right now. And I needed the lift. So all of this is leading up to it. And I'm like, oh, I just got to get this lift done so I can get this guy out of my life and get Micah some help. 
So Monday comes, I go to lunch with my friends and I go find a really incredible masseuse because my shoulder's still out and she's amazing and a healer and I get a credible massage and I come back to my house and he's here building the lift and he's showing me everything he's doing. And he's like, isn't this great? And isn't that great? And I'm like, it's not really what we decided on, but thank you. So appreciative. And the cart where Micah has to get into it is over three feet off the ground. And I'm like, how is he going to get into this cart? Like the reason why we're building a lift is because of his legs. Oh, well, now you've got to build an eight foot platform and it's going to go all the way through and it's going to take up all the space on the front desk. And I don't really care as long as my dog can get into the lift. I don't care what space it takes up. I'm ready to make the front deck um, a sod thing for him. And I was like, okay, well, what is what is that going to cost? And what is that now? And I, I'm just like, just get it done. That's what I'm feeling like. I'm like, can we do stairs? So you can't do stairs. He can't do this. He can't do that. And I'm like, yeah, but he can, he can do very, there's, cause I'm talking to the therapist as well that work on him and they're showing me the stairs he can do and they're showing me what he can do. So I'm already well versed a bit in what I can do. And he's like, no, we need to build this and that, da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay. And then the winch is the motor thing with the cable. And it's really loud. And we, I said that from day one, I don't want it to be really loud because of my neighbors. And I'm like, oh my goodness, now we need another winch. And he's like, I, I don't, you know, like that. And I'm like, I start Googling it right away for quieter winches. And I'm like, there are quieter winches. And I'm not losing my patience. I'm not losing my cool or anything. I'm asking my neighbors next door, texting them, can you hear this? And um, they, they can't hear it. So I'm like, okay, that's good. And I'm looking for it. And he's like, well, you search out the winch. And I'm like, I don't really know what I'm looking for, but I'll search it out and send it to you. And he's like, and we need to build this platform and it needs to be, but I need like five days. I need to be, I just need a break right now. And I'm like, okay, fine by me, fine by me. So he leaves. And that night I text this guy I know in town who owns a pet store in town. Um, really nice, nice, fam nice parent, a nice um, couple that owned the town thing. And I said, do you have a handyman? Because at this point, I know I have to get rid of him and pay him. I'm planning on paying him, but I'm not going to probably have him build the platform. Maybe I'll have him build it, but I'm not going to have him do anything else in my house. Like I'm done. We cannot work together. This energy is too much for me. And so Bill is his name. He sends me um, a name of a handyman and uh, I go to bed and that was Monday night. And the handyman, I'm not going to say his name, um, told me he would call me between nine and 10 in the morning on Tuesday morning. So Tuesday morning comes around and it's kind of, it's after Labor Day. So I'm running around getting busy working. And I said, okay, um, I'll be ready at 930 figuring for a call. And he's like, well, I'm almost at your house. And I'm like, what? why are you coming to my house? Like, dude, I need a break, man. You said you needed five days. I need like 20 right now. And I'm like, okay. And I go outside and he's got draw, like he's trying to draw stuff. And I don't know what the heck he was doing. It was crazy town. And he's like, I need money for this, this, and this. And I want gas money and I want this and I want that. And I was like, and he's like, it's, I've been getting paid. Like now I'm getting paid like 20 an hour. And I'm like, you're getting in myself. This is what I'm thinking. I'm not speaking up. I'm like you're getting paid $20 an hour because you're basically going all over the place. You're not focused on this. You're running to one hardware store. He's showing me wheels that he bought that he can't use. He's showing me other things he bought that he can't use. I'm like, you're not focused. It's not my fault. We had a conversation from day one, how much this thing would cost. 
I have done tons of construction and the way that it works in construction is you decide on a price. If something comes up because problems will come up, that is discussed ahead of time before the job is done. So my contractor, and uh, even in this house, but even in Sherman Oaks, when I was doing my house, I took it down to the stud. So I'm very well versed in this stuff. He would say, you know, we just found this issue. So it's going to cost this much money. And they would stop work until there was a new work order. Even with my handyman, my handyman would never, ever go ahead and do work and then come back to me and raise prices. Like they just don't do that. So he's going off on me in a way. And he's like, and I want all the money now. And I went, the job's not done. I'm not paying you all of it. I'll give you half of it. He's like, no, you can't do that to me. And he starts freaking out. And I held my ground. And I said, enough already. I said, you've known from day one how much this is going to cost. We have been having conversations from day one. It went from one price to another, which I agreed upon. We've always said that included materials. I said, you're acting as if I'm taking advantage of you and I'm not taking advantage of you. We have been in communication the entire time. I said, I will pay you the amount we agreed upon. I will pay for these other items that you just brought to my, that you now are saying you want money for. It wasn't these, these items weren't brought to my attention. I, I'll pay for these other items and I will give you a hundred dollars towards gas. End of story. I will now pay the full amount for the product but I am not paying for that extra stuff until the job is done because the job wasn't done. And so I went downstairs, I wrote a check and I moved the money into my account to make sure it was there before I even gave him the check. And I went upstairs and I handed him the check and I said, look, I'm very direct. I'm, ex I'm very direct. I'm extremely communicative. And he's like slapping my wrist like, yeah, thanks. You know, I have really a lot of problems with client customer service and uh, client relations. I'm like, that's fine. So he leaves and I'm kind of shaking. I'm like, this is uncomfortable. Something really is wrong here. And I call up my friend Benita and I just told her the story because I needed to check in. And she's like, no, it's, you're not wrong. I told her the whole story. I'm not giving you guys every single detail for um, different reasons. And she's like, no, you're not wrong. This is not right. And she's done construction in her house too. So she understands it. So I was really emotionally a little distraught the whole day. I was affected. But the biggest thing is I needed to get Micah's lift done and he already did the work and I just wanted him to finish the work. But I did contact um, another handyman. I left a message for another handyman. And um, Tuesday night, I was coming home with Micah and Venus and we were walking and we were going down my stairs, not the stairs where the lift was. I have other stairs, thankfully, that Micah can still use. And he's a hundred pounds. And he falls into me and we roll down the hill like 15 feet. I hit my head. Um, and luckily we had a retaining wall that stopped our fall. Otherwise we would have went another 20 feet. And I look down at my dog and he's just laid out flat looking up at me. And we're just staring at each other and I'm stunned. My head hurts. And it was a bad fall. And it's one of those falls where I just can't move right away because I have to make sure I have to check in with my body to make sure I'm okay. And I'm like, okay, I'm okay. So I get up and now I don't know what shapes he's in. And I get him up and he's up and I'm like, okay, good. We're okay. And I walk to my back door and I stand there a minute because my head is pounding. 
And I'm trying to think, did I hit my head? Where did I hit? And my face is scraped up. And um, I'm like, maybe I just hit the side of my face. And maybe it's just the fall was like a lot because I want to make sure I don't have a concussion or anything like that. And I go into my house and I look at my face and then I pull up my pant leg and my legs cut. But overall, my hand is cut and stuff, but I'm, I, we're both okay. And I check him and he's okay, but I'm super stunned. I'm like, oh my goodness, I need this lift. I need this lift. So I go into superpower mode, trying to figure out what kind of platform I can get now so that we could start using the lift now. And I go on Amazon and I start looking for eight foot platforms and I'm texting the friend, one of the friends I had lunch with, cause she had a platform for me, you know, a ramp to use. And I'm like, I need the ramp. And she's super nice. She's like, I'll get it to you whenever you want it. And, um, and then I go out to, I have a ramp myself. It's not a very good ramp for the dogs. That's why I don't like using it. And I go to the car to get it, to see if that'll work. And um, my neighbor comes out and he's like, I want to see your lift because they've been hearing the construction. And he comes over and I'm telling him about the winch and it's too loud. And he's like, I may have a winch for you. And then he starts going into a whole other story. And, and I just, I had no space for anybody right then and there. I was stunned, I was hurt, and I was in power mode. And that's what happens. When something goes on for me, I don't lay down. I'm like, I need to figure this out now. By the way, I'm trying not to curse anymore, so you're going to hear no curses in this one. And that came from the the conversation I had with the psychic on Sunday, just the story she shared. I was like, mm, kind of done with that vibration. I'm sure they'll slip out every now and then though until I'm good. So anyway, he, he looked at me and he said, are you okay? Cause I told him I fell and there was no comment. And then after he's going on to the story that had nothing to do with what I was doing, um, he said, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not. I have to go check on my dog and I have to check on my body right now. And he said, okay. And um, they're very nice people. So I don't want to say anything. So then I went downstairs and Micah again was okay. And I bandaged up my leg and, um, and I, and I went on YouTube right away to figure this out. I'm like, I don't remember a ramp being used. Why do we need an eight foot ramp? And I found the video and there's no ramp needed. The, the thing was built. It is built one way where it needs a ramp, but there's another way to build it where it doesn't need a ramp at all. So I very nicely send him an email and say, you know, I just fell. Um, so I really need this lift done. And here's the video. This video does not need a ramp. Can we do it this way? And in the meantime, I actually didn't call the other handyman. That's when I started gathering the names of other handymen. That's Tuesday night when I fell is when I knew I needed somebody else to complete the job. I was done. So Wednesday morning comes and I get a text from him, not acknowledging the fall because he's un- incapable of him. You haven't even heard. This story is very long, but you haven't even heard the worst of it. And he says to me in the text, that video was wrong. There's a platform. And I said, no, there isn't a platform. Watch the whole video. I watched it many times. And I wasn't mean about it. I said, watch the whole video. And he said, well, when can we talk? I want to talk to you. And I said, you can, I was busy yesterday. It was Wednesday. I said, you can call me tomorrow, um, Thursday, the day I'm recording this, which is June 1st, between 10 and 11. I think after 10 a.m. And he said, okay, so then I'm heading to tennis at 1 p.m. on Wednesday. And I get a text that says, I was at the bank um, and I can't, your check won't cash. And I said, that's impossible. I have an incredible relationship with my bank. There's money in the account. Besides the fact, I didn't tell him all this. I have overdraft protection. So there's no way that that check did not cash. 
And he's like, I want cash right now. And I said, I'm not giving you cash because I have a bookkeeper. I keep books, um, but I'm happy to pay you Venmo. And can you tell me what the bank said to you? Like, there was no question in my mind that I wasn't going to pay him. I was like, I will pay you any way you need this money, but I'm not giving you cash. So he, he doesn't respond. And I call Benita up again because I could feel like something's happening here that is not good. And I head to tennis and I'm on the court for an hour. So I didn't check my phone. I check my phone as soon as I get in the car. And he says, the bank doesn't know why it's like this. Um, so I, that was all he said. And I said, oh my goodness, I'll be, I can call them at three o'clock. It was 2.15. I can call them at 3 p.m. I'll call the bank and find out. But again, I can Venmo you the money right now. And so I head home. And as I'm driving up my driveway, up the street to my driveway, he's in my driveway. And he looks at me and I'm like, mm, all right, we'll talk. That's great. He's here. I'll go in and call the bank and find out what's going on. And then I got bad out of hell. He's in his driver's seat, speeds by me, doesn't acknowledge me. And I'm like, he did something to the lift. Now, granted, I need this lift for my dog. He knows how bad I need this lift for my dog. It was an hour that there was no, nothing in my text that said I wasn't going to pay. I offered up other ways of paying. So I come into my uh, carport. I go up to the stairs and I notice he stole the battery and he cut the wire. And I went, oh my goodness. All right. And I go downstairs into my house and I call my beautiful friend Benita again. And I tell her what happened. I said, and I live in a very small town. So the cops are really great here. I love them. And she said, you need to call the police. And I was like, cause I don't feel it's, this is not good. And I said, okay, I'm going to call the police. Oh no, I came into the house before I called Benita and Micah pooped on the ground because the dogs were going crazy knowing that somebody was on my deck. And so I let Micah out and I go to call my bank. I go onto online to check my bank account to see what's going on. The whole banking system is down. My bank merged with another bank. So the entire system is down. So I try to call the bank and I'm like, I call Benita and she's like, you need to call the police. So I call the police and um, they take my message and then the cop, the officer calls me back and I explain the story to him. And I said, and I'm texting him too. I'm texting the handyman because I thought at this point he only took the battery and he only cut the wire. And I said, I want to pay you. I still want to pay you. Um, just don't come back to my property. We're done. And so I talked to the police officer and he's like, you don't have to pay him because he ruined the work. He said, it's up to you. And I said, no, I want to pay him. And he said, well, what do you want me to do? I said, I want you to call him because I never want him on my property again. And um, if the check doesn't work, I will bring a check to the police station and he can come get the check. And the police officer was really nice. He was just gathering information. So he wasn't sure of the story, right? And he was just listening to me and he wasn't taking sides. And he was like, okay, I'll call him. And he called me back and he said, he's not, there's no voicemail set up and he's not picking up the call. And he said, but I'll keep trying. Like amazing that the cop was doing this for me. He goes, I'll keep trying. This is my cell phone number. Let me know if you hear from him. And he said, you can text me anytime tonight. And I said, no, what time are you off of work? And he told me, and I said, I will contact you tomorrow morning. I don't want to bother you. And he's like, my phone is always on. Can you believe this? A police officer is doing this. And he calls me back 15 minutes later, the officer. And he said, I got in touch with him. And I'm not going to go too much into it because I want to be careful about what was shared with me from the police officer. But he was very clearly understood that the person I was dealing with was 
let's say not balanced. And he understood where I was coming from. And he also said that he had a shout at the guy to get his attention. I'll leave it at that because I want to be respectful. So um, I said, okay. He's like, you still want to pay him? And I said, yes, I do. So I get off and I'm shaking. My uh, sympathetic nervous system is through the roof. I'm in fight or flight. I feel violated. I'm shocked that anybody would do this. I go outside. Mike is outside and he can't get up. My dog can't get up. Can't use the stairs. And he doesn't have his harness on because I don't like leaving it on all the time because they tell you to take it off. And I'm trying to get the harness on him. I'm trying to get him up. I can't get him up. And I'm feeling useless. And so I don't know what to do. And I grab Venus and I'm like, let me just at least take her out. I know getting out in nature is going to help. And I'm like, I take Venus up the back stairs and I said, you know what? I better check this lift to make sure he didn't do anything else. And I go to the lift and he took apart basically almost, almost all of it. Not all of it. He took all the doors off. He unhooked the cable. He must've been getting ready to take the winch. He um, cut the wire to the remote. So he did so much more than I thought. He damaged it completely. So I started shaking, absolutely shaking. And I called, I can't remember who I called first because I was in such PTSD at this point. And I called the police department, I believe it was first. And I said, I'm not paying them. This is what happened. It's trashed. And the police officer said to me, okay, just send me pictures of it. So I have it. I'm going to make a report. So you have the report. And, um, and I said, I'm going to let him know I'm not paying it. And that's it, you know? And he's like, that's fine. And then I called my bank and I started crying. I just, I couldn't even get out the check number. I was so out of my body. And, um, I gave the bank the wrong check number and then I tried to give that and they were so patient. And I said, you know, you guys, your system was down. They said, yes, we're sorry. We're merging with the new bank. There's 750,000 people coming on. I can't promise you that it'll be offline tomorrow, you know, cause I'd already called before when I was going to give them the, you know, when I was still paying him obviously to make, to find out from the bank what was going on. And they were like, we can't promise you. It's not going to go offline. We're merging with a big bank right now. And um, so I called again and I said, we need to stop this check and, they were great. This I have a very good bank. So, um, and I texted him and said, I'm not paying you. Don't ever come on my property again. And if you do, you will, I, I will call the police because the cop, I already told the police that if he does, um, I will arrest him, have him arrested. So I was shaking and really upset and, and had to figure it out. And I contacted Benita was around. I talked a bit to her and then I contacted my friend, Dana Middleton, who does EFT. She's wonderful. So I contacted Dana and I knew she wouldn't mind me giving her last name because she does great work. I, there's an interview on here and Dana talked to me. And in the meantime, I texted my therapist and I said, and I've, I've been in therapy since I was 26 on and off. There was about, I don't know how many years straight I was in therapy. I have, and I was in so much trauma at one point in Atlantic city and I had never asked for an emergency session ever. I asked for an emergency session because I knew something was happening that I needed to figure out. It wasn't about this guy. This guy is just a pawn in this whole conversation. He's not a nice person for what he did. 
but he's got his story about me, whatever. I'm not here to sit here. I'm like, it was a bad experience. So, um, I talked to Dana and then I, um, talked to my therapist and I'm just figuring out. And part of it was I went against my intuition. I was desperate and I went against my intuition. Oh, and in the meantime, he's texting me back, calling me names and everything. And the neighbor who recommended him, I also texted and the neighbor was like, I don't know what to tell you. And I'm like, really? Wow. I don't know if I recommended a handyman and a handyman treated my neighbor this way, I would be furious. It reminds me of the time the bookkeeper that to, that someone recommended to me and she deleted 300 transactions in my QuickBooks. Yeah. Wondering why I'm attracting crazy people. That's what this is about. I'm sorry. That's what I'm going to call them at this time because I wouldn't go in. If I was disgruntled with someone, I would never go in and delete transactions. It's illegal to do that. And um, both one friend still uses them. And I'm how could you use that bookkeeper still? How? After they did that, I would never trust them. So anyway, the neighbor down the block and I was, I wasn't blaming him. And I was like, okay, just letting you know what's happening. And he's like, yeah, he told me, I told him to talk to you. And I'm like, what? Like, there was no question. So I started texting my neighbors around me to let them know what was going on because if he was ever on, I needed to feel safe. If he was ever on my property, they needed to know that he was not allowed on my property. And I needed everybody around me to know what was going on. So I texted everyone pretty much everybody around me. And um, they were all, most of them, I think everybody responded. They were all great, really, really great. And like, yes, we will look for this and blah, blah, blah. Matter of fact, one of my neighbors, like, I know him. I saw him. He told me he was just changing a battery. Don't worry, Marilyn. You know, so it was very nice. And um, I blocked him on my phone because I was like, I'm not even getting into a conversation. He's calling me names and everything. And the last thing I said to him is don't ever contact me again. Call the, contact the police if you want to talk to me. And I just blocked him. I'm not going to get into it. So after my therapy session, I went for a walk with the dogs and then I went into meditation and then I just took care of myself. And then when I woke up this morning, it was quite clear to me that the most upsetting thing about this, besides the fact that somebody would do this and it, you know, the misunderstanding, I don't even understand. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I've never not paid anyone. So I don't understand it. Um, so the, the thing that got me was, it was really about Micah. This whole situation is about Micah because I'm in a between a rock and a hard place. Oh, in the meantime, I did get a handyman who's coming by today as I'm recording this today. So we'll see if he can finish up the job. And trust me, we're going to be discussing everything. And I'm going to be sitting back watching. I'm making sure he's the right person. But he did get recommended by that guy, Bill, that I trust. So why do I tell you this whole story? Because life happens. Life happens. Right. And you may be listening to the story and thinking, well, that's not a big deal. It wouldn't affect me. It wouldn't bother me. That's great. Good for you. I don't, that's fine. Um, I'm okay today. I'm a little, little emotionally tired. I went into a channel session this morning. The information I got around it, I'm not ready to share, <clears throat> was really incredible and absolutely amazing. I'm drinking water. And the the thing I realized is you cannot, you know, people always ask me, how do I know to use my intuition? How do I know it's my intuition? Unfortunately, sometimes you have, most of the times you have to go against it in order to know that you ignored it. So I, you can't make decisions out of desperation. You can't make decisions out of anxiety and fear. You just can't do it. You've got to get into a stable place. I was desperate and made a decision because of 
he was the only one who called me back. He, the first meeting I had with him seemed okay, actually, to be honest. I knew there was something up, but I was like, he's eccentric. He'll do it. That's fine with me. That's what I kept saying. But the second meeting, I knew something was up and I should have ended it right then and there. So I'm not scared. I don't care. I'm actually angry. Um, and the, the message I have for all of you is it has not stopped me from working. It has not stopped me from being who I am. I'm recording a podcast today. I did a reel. I, um, booked a client into a strategy session. I had to deal with something with a coaching client. I still live my life. And that's what I want to talk about. And I'm not going to talk for too much longer because I'm trying to keep these podcasts a little bit shorter. But enough with the, oh my goodness, my life is so hard. I can't do anything. Your life is hard because you're not doing things. Why did that happen to me? That was my biggest thing. I didn't blame this guy. When I was talking to my therapist, I'm like, and even Dana, I was like, this isn't about him. This is like, why am I calling this in? What is going on for me? Why is this showing up for me right now? What do I need to learn? And really, they both pieced pieces together for me. They were both amazing, both the therapist and um, Dana. Dana got me really clear, clear about the place I was coming from, the need place. And when I'm in a need place, I call in people that probably aren't in, I'm going to say this, people aren't in vibration with me. They aren't uh, balanced. And then the therapist made me really realize that my emotions are really tied into my dog. It's really about my dog. She didn't say that. It was the question she asked. And it got me super clear because she kept bringing me back to how this upsetting this is for me with my dog and that I fell like I was brushing over the fall and she's like, you fell. And I'm like, yeah, but it was yesterday. She's like, it's less than 24 hours. You fell and hit your head. You have cuts on you. You know, it's like, and she's right. Like my leg still hurts. It's still cut. So and I have a little scrape on my face. I don't know if you could see it. So you probably can't see it that well. Um, I must've went down the gravel anyway. So my point is, don't make excuses. Life is, I think life can be hard sometimes. I know life can be hard sometimes because what's on the other side of it is so much greater and bigger than you can even imagine. And you're having character building moments to meet the occasion. And part of what came through for me this morning is also I'm pivoting my business. I'm shifting my business. I'm shifting who I'm serving. And it's part of how I started out this conversation where I'm not going to be dragging horses to water anymore. I'm not even going to have that conversation. My newsletters very much are about convincing those people to get off the fence. That's going to stop because the people I work with don't need convincing. They're ready to do the work. Look at this. I'm a teacher, right? And some people may not like a teacher to tell these types of vulnerable stories. Well, that's not the type of teacher I am. And the other thing is that I'm a teacher who had to call in help. And I had people to call in. I have people by my side that I can go to. You need a coach. You need a mentor. You need a teacher. You need someone who's going to help you when you're falling down. But you have to get yourself up. It wasn't like I sat there and laid on the bed. I just knew I was in a state where I wasn't grounded. I was in that fight or flight mode and I had to do something fast because I wasn't going to stay in that state. And so I reached out to the people I knew I could depend on. So get on with your life. Now, I know that some people are dealing with very, very challenging situations, very challenging. And I don't know 
I, I can't really speak to that. Right. And I don't, I do have compassion for certain types of situations that are going on and you have to know when to act and when you need to like pause for a moment. Most of the time, all of the time, I'm going to say you always have to be working on yourself, no matter what is it presented in front of you. It's not the universe is doing this to me. God is doing this to me. Trust me, this morning I had a channel session. I'm not ready to reveal yet. I had a conversation with my guides in a way that I'd never had a conversation with them. I was, I was really, and it wasn't questioning. It was more like, I, I'm not ready to reveal that. It was pretty big. And I stayed in the conversation with them and was like, we need to figure this out. We need to figure this out. And then I got quiet and that's when all the information dropped in. So notice where you're making excuses in your life. Stop waiting for life to get easy, especially if you're on a spiritual path doing spiritual work. The easy part of it is you go through things a lot quicker. This happened, what, 3 p.m. yesterday? It's now 1 p.m. today. I'm already so much better. This morning, I woke up a little emotionally tired. I'm already coming through it. I'm fine. I'm meeting with a new handyman in an hour and a half. I'm doing my work. My dog's doing okay. He had They had me up all night last night because he wasn't feeling good. That's okay. You know, it's it, Dana already checked in with me this morning. So sweet to see how I was doing. Um, don't stop your life. Look at it as a starting point. Look at it as the gun going off at the starting gate and you're running, but you're running towards the finish line because you want to, not because you're running away from something, but you're running towards something you desire, something you want, something that's been in your heart and soul that's been gnawing away at you. Stop ignoring the gnawing away. It's there for a reason. It's not going to go away. It's not waiting till you're healthy. The reason why you're not feeling healthy is because you need to address it and go towards the things you want to do. And you'll be addressing it. Many times people are like, I'm tired. I don't feel good. I'm like, that's because you're not vibrating at your highest level. You're not doing what you love to do. Not because I'm not saying there's not a physical ailment going on. I am not a medical intuitive. I'm not even going to touch that. I will touch the psychological psychic um, moments of it though. And many times from where I'm standing, it's because you're not vibrating where you need to vibrate. You're not doing the work you're meant to do. You're miserable. So you're feeling sick. You're having aches and pains. Then you're not eating well because you're not feeling good. It's a cycle. You're not exercising because you're not feeling good and you're feeling depressed. You've got to go for your dreams. You have to, because you know what? Life happens. This was traumatic for me. Having to call the cops was, it was a little embarrassing. And some people would be like, I can't believe you did it. I, I said to my therapist, I can't believe I called the cops. And she's like, why? And I'm like, because she goes, what would you have normally done? I said, normally I would have just dealt with it myself. But I was like, no, not doing it this time. This is a crime. I'm, I'm, and I know I live in a small town where they're very, it's not like LA or I think New York, they would actually, I, I don't know, maybe because I was so in the New York system because my father was a retired inspector, uh, deputy inspector, and my brother's a retired lieutenant, my best friend's a retired captain, you know, so I have so many people in the police department, um, but I know how my friend with as a captain, how she helped people out who she didn't know. 
always, all the time, help them out all the time. So I have a different understanding of it. Now, I'm not talking about the situations that are really bad. I don't want to get into a police conversation because I see that stuff too, right? I've just been blessed and on the other side at times. You know, I've also was um, screwed over by a cop once, actually. So um, this isn't that conversation because the stuff that's gone out there is deplorable, in my opinion, absolutely deplorable. And... I can't get into that conversation. So just know that my heart and soul goes out to those people who have been wronged. Trust me, trust me, trust me. I have friends. So, um, but anyway, stop stopping yourself. That's the message. Stop it. Stop stopping yourself. Stop it and get going. You're here on this planet for some incredible thing and it's not going to go away. If you feel it in your heart, it's not going away. The only way it's going to go away is if you're drinking and doing a lot of drugs and ignoring it or pushing it down and not dealing with your emotions. You can't do the spiritual teaching you're called to do if you push down your emotions. You just can't do it. And like I said, it does get easier because you have tools and techniques. I have tools and techniques. Yesterday, if I took a couple of breaths, I would have went into meditation I just knew that I was so amped up that the best thing for me in the moment was to reach out. It's still a tool. It's still a technique. You have to know. And then you have to know who to go to. Like I sat there for a minute and I was like, I didn't know if Dana was home from, she was away and I didn't know if she was back yet. And I was like, who am I going to? Who's the right person right now? So again, I'm not going to repeat this. I'm going to repeat it the last time. Stop stopping your dreams. Just stop it. And um, I'm going to be having a different conversation with you guys from this moment forward. And if you're interested in doing a strategy session, go to MarilynAloria.com forward slash call. MarilynAloria.com forward slash call. If you are interested in next level living, um, email us at care at MarilynAloria.com. But you could also look at it MarilynAloria.com forward slash next. Or you can look at Soul Finder Academy because I truly believe that the work we're doing in my programs is life-changing and gets you in action. Okay, guys, thank you so much and uh, sending you a ton of love. Bye.